What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Nine Circles Audio Thing. I'm your host, Josh Stewart, and I'm bringing you a recent chat I had with guitarist Greg Kubatsky of Carbomb. Greg was a blast to chat with as we covered their new album, Mordial, a recent trip they did to Euroblast in Germany, their DIY mentality and its effect on their growth, Greg's love of Metallica, and so much more. Dig in, and I'll see you on the backside. So how you guys doing, man? New album out. You're a blast, yeah, Germany. Good. I bet that was a blast. Yeah, that was fun. I know, no pun intended, right? We keep saying that, but it really was. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, they, it seems like our second home over there for some whatever weird reason. Like, uh, like they know the tunes and they go apeshit, and we have a really good time there. So a lot of our, you know, we see a lot of familiar faces there the second time around. So it was, it was pretty much just a big party, which is really cool. Yeah, that's a, that's always a fun time. How, so how yeah. did uh, how did everybody? react to all the new tunes they knew most of them we didn't play too many new songs that people haven't heard yet i think we added uh we added gila and then we added oh yeah we've been playing black and battery for a while so people kind of knew that from the internet but uh yeah people were digging it from what, as far as we can tell yeah well that's, i mean it's a, it's a killer album we've, we've definitely cool, been digging it sweet sweet so so i, I gotta get this out of the way up front um and it's something it's something that I've been dying to know. Um, when you see say anything in, in writing or you hear anybody talking about car bomb, what what makes you smile the most when they describe you? Is it when they say extreme and leave it at that or math core or extremely progressive or what what makes you smile the most at, or or frown the most, I guess, either way. Huh. Well, it's weird hearing, like, the math course thing. I guess we never think of it like that, but I guess we fall into that bucket because we've heard it so many times, especially with this release. And it's weird because with this release, we feel like we kind of dumb things down a little bit, but I guess not. So I don't know. I don't really know what happened there. But uh, but one of the things that always, we always like to hear is people describe the band in a way we've never heard before. Like someone, I think it was either a reviewer or some fan mentioned that uh, – we sounded like Dillinger, Escape Plan, and Meshuggah if they all lived in a whammy puddle and fell down a flight of stairs. <laughs> so stuff like that's kind of cool, yeah. We think stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can see it. You know, I, I, <laughs> I can see it. That's right. Yeah, I definitely see it. So yeah, man. You know, the, the thing that that's always struck me about you guys is is and and I I think kind of more of the the math core maybe I picked that up from you know, Centralia and the W Click W. But I think, you know, the, the the Click W built big time on what Centralia was, but then with Meta, which I, I, I really loved the, the direction you kind of went on that one, I got more of a death metal feel on that one. And then Mordial now, you're building on that to my ears now. You know, everybody's different, but I just, it feels a little bit darker and a little bit more on the kind of the death metal side. So when y'all, when you guys go in for each album, are you picking things that, you know, say worked or didn't work or whatever from the last one and building on that, or are you just going in clean slate and whatever drops, drops? It's usually a mixture of the two. So we said this before, but um, we definitely like the way that Gratitude came out on Meta. 
and we wanted to expand on a lot of those textures, like a lot of the, you know, the stereo pitch shifting, like trying to make sort of keyboard sounds and uh, shoegaze washes with guitar and vocals and stuff like that. We've always been fans of that stuff, and we felt like we had, like, the confidence this time around to explore that. With the other songs, I guess it's sort of business as usual, where it's, you know, we just we do a lot of experimenting and sketching and trying to come up with just whatever comes out and then sort of rearranging it that way. I think with this tune, this album, though, we tried to condense things a little bit more and make it a little more digestible for live performances. Like, uh, we were really inspired by, you know, Gojira's, uh, when we toured with them a couple of years ago and how everything that they did was so impactful, like every single, like they even trimmed old songs to sort of make them work a little bit better for a live situation. So, if there was, like, an overarching theme with writing, I think it was that. But as far as the content and stuff, we were just messing around. So. Yeah, I can I can definitely pick up on the, the impactful part. Um, you know, I haven't seen Gojira. Unfortunately, I've never seen you guys live. Hopefully that will change soon. But, you know, seeing them live, you know, obviously the impact you get on a, a good set of speakers is total different ball game than when you see them in, in concert. But, yeah, I can – I can pick up on that listening to this one, even versus, you know, Meta and, and even before that. Cool. Yeah, I mean, watching Gojira is like a religious experience, right? Like, <laughs> when you see them play, there's this part of you that you didn't know you had comes out, and, like, you, it's sort of like exercising a demon or, I don't know, they're they're just so great at doing that. And we really tried to, to just add a little bit of that into our music this time around instead of making it a, you know, just a potluck of all these weird random parts. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, well, you know, and talking about the process with as as much as you guys usually have going on in your music, and and I and I mean that in the best of ways. Um, I can't see y'all saying, okay, it's time for a new record, going into the studio, punching it out in you know three four days, and coming out with it. It 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 seems like to me it would be a an extremely long process with as much stuff <laughs> as, as is going on. So I, what does that usually look like when you say, okay, we're ready, let's start? Yeah, it takes a while. So we we start writing. Well, we're always writing. We're actually writing for the next record now. It's going to take a while. But uh, we're always constantly writing stuff. And then when we're ready to record, it takes about between six months and a year. This one took 10 months to do because we're all busy with work, and, uh, you know, we're sort of finishing the songs as we go. Usually the rhythm stuff we have worked out before Elliot goes into the rehearse, uh, into the recording studio. And uh, he, he's really diligent about stuff, and, but he also likes to mess around with drum fills. But he usually takes the shortest. He takes about, like, two to three weeks to get his stuff done. And then as the, we're getting the rhythms together, then the, all the melodic stuff and the harmonic stuff and uh, the textures come together as we go, and especially for this record, a lot of the guitar, I guess, orchestration, for lack of a better word, took a while because we really wanted to make it sound a little bit bigger and a little more dense. I mean, there's a lot of other sounds in there that are kind of buried that if you're, if you have a good uh, pair of headphones on, you might catch some of them in like one side of the speaker or the other. And uh, yeah, so that took, you know, a couple of months just to do that. And Mike really likes to take his time with the vocals, too, and make sure that they're right. So once all the music's recorded, he does what he does on top of it, but likes to, you know, sit with it, take provisions and all that stuff to make sure he's got it down the way he likes it. Oh, yeah. Well, and talking about the the sound effects, that's that's the one thing that 
I really love about this album is that you can, you know, if you if you're honed in on it and you're focusing on it, there's all kind of crazy things going on that you can you pick up on after several times of going through it. So, you know, the the, the lasers and all it's just those are amazing put into the album. So, what's some of the craziest or maybe even surprise the most surprising instruments or non-instrument sounds that you used during recording? Huh. It's weird because a lot of the stuff that is used for the guitars and the, like, as far as up front is stuff that we've been using for a long time. It's just sort of, we figured out a way to make it more, um, we figured out a way to, to switch up the sounds a little faster for live. So we tried to incorporate that in the new material. One of the fun things with this record though was using like Eurorack synthesizers and like native instruments plugins and like really exploring like keyboard sounds with the segues and some of the sort sort of the low stuff going on underneath like fade out and XOXOY and um there's another song that has a bunch of keyboards and stuff. It's again it's like super buried, like it's not really prevalent in the mix, but it's kind of buried, sort of like how Bands like My Buddy Valentine have these like little secret sounds buried in between the distortions. So it was cool to really explore with those types of sounds and show them into the record. Yeah, uh, they all turned out really good, and I and I know that you know, and that's the thing about it. You know, if you're looking for stuff like that, you you can literally put this album on and and play it all day and still find stuff that that you didn't hear the last time you listened to it, which I find really cool. Cool. Man. Well, so yeah, we love albums that do that too. Like, I'm always a big fan of, um, like, uh, Mr. Bungle, Disco Volante. Like, that has, I don't know if you're familiar with that record at all, but that has, you know, there's a song with like a hundred layers in it, and it's really hard to, to digest all of them at once. It takes a couple of listens to get through it, and we hope that, you know, this record is something that you can, fans can listen to and hear over and over again and get new stuff out of it every time. Oh, yeah. You definitely succeeded there. Um, and talking about instruments, I know that, that I've seen before where, you know, maybe this comes in from you guys just handling everything on your own, but, you know, making certain types of, of instruments and all. And, you know, I know with um, Centray was out on Relapse, but you've pretty much done everything DIY since then. I mean, I know Holy Roar jumped on board for the European release, but being that that you do everything, how has that helped to grow Car Bomb into what it is today? I mean, surely it's got, it's had to have helped some being that you, you know, you really, you're not confined. You do whatever you want to do. That's the biggest thing I think is that we're able to stay true to what we want to do musically because we're not committed to, you know, feeding our families or paying mortgages with our music. This is sort of just a pet project. Um, one thing, though, that it does, too, is also it helps us tour. Um, uh, you know, being able to recoup most of the costs of, you know, album sales and streams and all that stuff, that goes directly into, you know, flights and renting gear in Europe and being able to do all these tours that we've been doing. So that's sort of the most rewarding thing. I know a lot of bands, they, they might struggle with trying to meet label obligations with, you know, paying, they get advances, but at the same time, they got to pay it back. We're sort of at the point where the band kind of runs itself now, which is really exciting because we're able to do all these different things now that we weren't able to because we can afford them as a band. Well, and I noticed, too, that, 
the looking at the Bandcamp page, I mean the merch, op, you know, the merch opportunities here for anybody to jump on. The list just goes down and down and down and down the page. I, that's really cool as well to see that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to get awesome. the death zone thing happening where we have like <laughs> like clothing line eventually. They have like <laughs> like 120 different like shirts and stuff. It's pretty wild. Oh yeah. So they're they're oh, yeah. the inspiration behind that. Yeah. Nice. So, so I touched on Holy Roar a minute ago, handling the European release. How did that all come about, and how's that experience been? Since you know, since I know you've been kind of more or less floating free since relapse. Yeah, that happened on accident. So we were hanging out at Download, and um, I bumped into Justine, and I'm fans of Employed to Serve, so I was just you know fanboying out for five minutes, and it turns out she was a fan of our band, and then. We were just saying we're looking for European distribution, and she said, give me a call. So uh, Johnny worked out all the details, and uh, so far it's been great. Like, really, really easy to work with. They're awesome to hang out with, so we couldn't be happier. And we're really excited, too, the fact that uh, we're able to save our European fans money on shipping, which is the main reason why we did it. Yeah, and that that is definitely a help. And I know there's a lot of people that will appreciate you for that. Cause... That shipping is insane. Hey, we're hoping, man. We're hoping, yeah. Because it stinks when you have to charge shipping. It's just as much as the merch that you're buying. It seems yeah. like highway robbery, you know. It stinks. So it's really nice to give our fans that discount. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, I know that. You know, I know that any artist they 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 want to leave the album and how they take it, themes or whatnot. You know, to each individual fan that listens to it, but. Is there any particular story or inspiration you care to share about Mordial and what led up to it at all? You mean as far as recording it? Just just kind of, you know, any inspirations or any particular themes, stories, anything like that that kind of spawned hmm. it? Yeah, I think I mentioned it already before with the whole Gojira run. That was really sort of the catalyst because when we, we were always really into doing the massy stuff and trying to do weird sounds and Elliot's always into trying to play non-normal drum beats as he calls it. And, uh, but just seeing the efficiency and the, the way that, you know, the way that the room sort of like turned into this other thing when Gojira played, like we really wanted to, to experiment and see if we can craft songs that sort of did that. And I don't think it necessarily turned out that way. Cause I think now the material has a life of its own and it, it came out completely unexpected than what we that out for it to be, but that was sort of the catalyst behind it. Well, you guys have been around, you know, I mean, Centralia was, what, 12 years ago, and, you know, obviously the the landscape has changed, you know, for for good, for bad, for whatever and since then. So what what's your feeling on the state of, you know, the extreme technical side of metal these days? It's weird because it's getting more uh, shreddy, I think in my opinion, like it's getting more like you've seen these like insane guitar players on Instagram and, you know, bands like animals as leaders and periphery and born of Osiris and all these just crazy guitar players. I'm just like, how the hell is they what, what did something go in the water or something? Like why is everybody so good? <laughs> so it's, it's sort of inspiring. So like, it, it, I've been trying to step up my playing a little bit because of it, because there's gotta be some sort of, secret video on YouTube or something that everybody's watching and it's like making guitar playing easy. So I'm trying to follow that stuff, I guess. But uh, I think that's like the state now. It's like, it's sort of, I feel like 
if you want to do something, you can. Because there's so many bands that sound like that that fit into genres, right? It, whatever they happen to be. So you can obviously do that and you'll be fine in that bucket. But if you really want to, like, make a sharp left turn somewhere, like, you can do a lot of research on YouTube and the Internet to really learn how to hone your craft and maybe try things you haven't tried before or maybe, I don't know, take music theory and turn it into something that's your own and not be so afraid of it. And it's really an exciting time, I think, because I think you're starting to see people sort of start to go out to these fringes and sort of experiment with what they really want to make and not just make, you know, genre-specific music. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the YouTube rabbit hole is just crazy. I mean, I know... Um... You know, there's, there's, I know there's been at least a couple, two or three that, that I can think of that bands that got picked up after a playthrough video. You know, right, it, right. It load up a playthrough video, and next thing you know, they're signed, and you ask them, well, how, how, how did that happen? Well, we had this playthrough video, and they watched it and dug it. <laughs> it's just it's right. crazy. Yeah, that's that's the way it is now. But there's also something to be said where. It doesn't necessarily translate to a show as well. Like you'll see a lot of YouTube uh, or like Instagram players play a show, and it's not as engaging as like someone who's been touring for a long time. So yeah. it's probably a shock for them too to be like, oh, you know, it's not like playing home in my bedroom. This is a whole other arena. So you know, one of the one of the caveats I guess is like just because someone is crazy technical doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate into a larger room. And that's something that we're learning too, is like, we're not trying to make the craziest music anymore. We're just trying to make stuff that maybe is a little more like dumbed down for us a little bit, just so that it will, you know, when we're in a room with a thousand or 2000 people, it sort of translates better. Well, uh, so speaking of uh crazy guitarist, since you donned the guitar yourself, who are, um, you know, maybe a couple, two or three of your favorite guitarists, no matter genre of of, of all time. Oh, all time, Jesus. Uh, huh. Well, James Hetfield was definitely the dude that turned me into guitar. Like as soon as I heard Master of Puppets, I was like, "That's it, I'm playing guitar." Uh, that's that's an obvious one. Uh, yeah. Like Kurt Cobain, uh, Ken Andrews, and Greg Edwards from Failure are big influences because they make weird sounds. Especially yeah. Greg Edwards in this band called Autolux. That band is unbelievable as far as just experimenting with weird delays and pitch shifters and weird glitchy stuff. Uh, Kevin Shield from My Buddy Valentine. Jimi Hendrix, obviously. Um, and the dudes from The Sugar, Frederick Dardendahl and Martin, of course. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, who else? I'm leaving out a bunch of them, but those are my. Those are probably <laughs> yeah. my. Favorite. Oh, I know. It. I know. It. You'll, you'll be thinking about this in 20 minutes, going, "Dang it, I left. I left that in 10." Exactly. There's too many of them, man. There's so many good ones. I mean, especially oh, yeah. now, it's crazy. Like I said, it's crazy how many good guitar players there are now. It's it's a little frightening. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good for us though. I'm trying to think, if I give you one more. Um, I'm gonna go through my uh, my iTunes real quick. Hold on. Oh, Adam Jones, obviously, he's great. He was a huge influence. Oh, the dude from Corn, uh, Monkey and Head, as yeah. far as like trying to make different sounds from their guitar. Mm-hmm. And they always came up with. And what was always awesome about them is that they always wrote hooks. Like they didn't write riffs. I mean, the heavy riffs were riffs, but all the little verse stuff, the things that they did, it was always like this like 
other melody line that complemented what John was doing, you know, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, of course, uh, the last one is, uh, of course, Dimebag. That's easy. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he he really good so good. The best thing about him is, like, he has no finesse whatsoever. He's just caveman, like, 200% every time he plays, and it just yeah, rips every time. Yeah, absolutely. So so you mentioned Hetfield, and and I love Black and Battery, so is that, is that Carbomb's tribute to, uh, to Hetfield? <laughs> I gotta assume, you know. Pretty much, yeah. And justice for yeah. all and master and puppets, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, man, that that is such a killer track. Cool, cool. All right. Yeah, that's so, one that, now to say that's the one just because of that middle section, the um when the the pitch dives and the guitar and there's that kick. Like I always just imagine like Lars like behind the drum set, like doing his like tongue twitching and the waving and all that stuff that he does, like like in the middle of uh Blackened for like the Lamborghini shift and riff. That, that's why that song was called that. So, so for for you personally, um, when when did you realize that you know? Hey, this, I mean, I know Metallica was huge on you. Um, so, and maybe that's the answer is that it's just Metallica that that made you want to do this from from whatever you were doing previous to Car Bomb. Um, so was that. I guess was that the linchpin was Metallica, or was it something else entirely that made you want to go into to this branch of metal? It was it was probably Meshuggah stuff. So uh, when Johnny and I first started playing together with this other drummer Dave Penna, that was sort of the glue was Meshuggah, and Elliot was actually the first uh, person that introduced me to Meshuggah back when we were in separate bands together. So. Metallica is definitely a huge inspiration for guitar, but I think as far as the car bomb uh, seed that started it, it's definitely Meshuggah for sure. And, and you know, it's so prevalent in our music. We 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 bite them a lot, you know, and we're we're not ashamed to say it, you know. <laughs> well, but but in saying that, you guys are very unique. I can't I can't think of you know I can't think of even a couple of bands that that come off and, and sound like you guys sound and present it the way you present it. So we mentioned the Euroblast in, in Germany. So what what's uh what's next for you guys? I mean I know you're probably gonna be touring, so what's the next kind of twelve months outlook look like for you? Sure. So we're we're actually finalizing something now. So I could probably tell you tomorrow if we're going to do something. <laughs> yeah. now. It, look, it looks like we are it, it, unofficially. We might you can we might not be doing this, but it looks like we're hitting the road with Born of Osiris and Oceano in uh, December for I think it's like a week and a half or two weeks on the East Coast in Canada. Nice. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, we we met Lee uh, on the Animals of Leaders tour, and he's awesome. And he's an insane guitar player, so he hit us up, and we were like, yeah, absolutely. And uh, then next year, we're looking to do a headlining run in Europe sometime in the late winter, early spring, festival season in Europe, and then whatever else comes down the line. There's a couple of rough things in the works, and we've been talking to some bands, but 
nothing official yet. And uh, it all depends on our availability with work and all that. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to tour as much as we can. Well, I'm hoping I'm hoping you can fit in a, a date or two kind of down on the uh, the southeast side of the state at some point, hopefully. Where, where are you? I am uh South of uh, Atlanta, we're in. I'm actually in South Carolina, but normally I have to uh, commute up to or down to Atlanta or up to Charlotte. Yeah, I think the, uh, Charlotte is one of the first dates of the tour. Oh man, nice! I love it. Yeah, I think it's, it looks like it's the fourth of December. Yeah, unofficially, but I think we yeah, we're going to work out the details yeah. next there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I will definitely keep my eye on that for sure. So, um, again, just want to commend you on a on a heck of an album you got here with Mordial. I love it. And uh, you know, no matter which direction you take on the next one, um, you know, this one this one is a pure joy to listen to start to finish and it's a hell of a job on it. Awesome man. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to like to the other stuff as well. We really appreciate uh you listening to everything we've been doing and I uh, hope we get to meet up and chat a little bit. That'd be great. That'd be great. Maybe we can make it happen oh, yeah, when yeah. you hit Charlotte. Sweet. Absolutely, man. All right. Well, listen, man, I've taken up enough of your time. Uh, anything you want to add? Plug? Anything? No, just, uh, you know, Bandcamp and Holy Roar. If you want to throw, like, some links on that, that's cool. Um, my Instagram is Carbomb Greg. Uh, Carbomb Official is the Instagram for the band. And then we're on Facebook as well. So that's, uh, I believe it's just slash Facebook or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not, I don't do Facebook, I can say. <laughs> no, I understand. I understand. And I try not to as much as possible, that's for sure. So yeah, yeah. Well, listen, man, can't thank you enough for taking the time out to chat. I know you guys are super busy, so we really appreciate you chatting with us. And, and like Dude, no say, problem. That was great, man. Those are great questions, though. Thanks a lot, man. Oh, no, and thank you. you've missed out in recent years car bomb is a freaking anomaly in extreme metal and mordial is an outstanding album it was great getting to chat with greg and we wish nothing but the best for the band visit carbomb.bandcamp.com to get mordial in addition to their other albums and all the various merch they've got available thanks to greg for his time and current over the chain for hooking it up you can find us on all the major podcast outlets on the web at ninecircles.co on Twitter and Instagram at underscore nine circles, on Facebook at nine circles blog, and of course via email at nine circles blog at gmail.com. And that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next time.